0: Welcome in to Pod Cinema. I am Dan, with me as always is Andy, and Andy, we got some stuff today. Uh, I was out of town last week for work, so we didn't get to record anything, so it's been a minute. But uh, the good news is, when I'm traveling for work, there's nothing to do in the evenings but go see movies. So I went and saw a couple of those. Um, I see you saw a couple of things this week, so let's get into it. Uh, One of the first things is Air. Um, I saw that. A while ago, I think it's out on Amazon Prime now that you can you can pay it, pay for it. It is. Um, yeah,
1: it is. We did it, and I don't regret it at all. Yeah, that was uh, that was an amazing film, man. Uh, they did a really good job. Like, I, it didn't feel like there was a lot of story there. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, you know, in the in the trailer, like, yeah, I was like, I mean, it looks fun. I love the soundtrack. I love, you know, I love that the actors in it, but. Like, is there really a full movie about this? Like, uh, and there was. Yeah. <laughs> there, there was, and it was a really good one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I had a little problems with Chris Tucker's character, but I think it was what it was supposed to be. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: in, in real life, I mean, like what they wanted it to be. But, uh, no, overall, man, like, I mean, the acting was great. I loved them not showing Michael Jordan. Because uh, that, that could have ruined the whole movie.
0: Yeah, I agree. You, you know would have I mean? focused like, on, like, what he looked like. Is it a good adaptation yeah. of him? And, yeah, I agree. You didn't need Michael Jordan for this.
1: Yeah, and and he's a very unique-looking guy. <laughs> yeah. Especially when he was young. Like, you're not going to find someone that's identical-looking. He's not a he's not plain vanilla white guy with a comb-over. Yeah. did not get anybody to pass. But, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it would have been hard to find someone that's as tall as him and athletic-looking. And he's a good-looking dude when he's young. Like, you're just not... You're just not going to fight that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think they handled it just right. Uh, and, and, I mean, the, the Jordans in the movie were the shoes. <laughs> yeah. And then the parents. But, uh, yeah, I loved uh, them talking about the story of the Martin Luther King uh, uh, speech that the guy had. I had no idea about that.
0: Um, that uh, refresh really my memory. It's no been idea. a while since I saw it. Which one was <laughs>
1: that? Oh, yeah. He, he was just, uh, he well, so Matt Damon's character, you am to forgive me. I don't remember all the characters' names. But uh, he has. Sonny Vacaro
0: uh, is Matt Damon.
1: Yeah, Sonny Vacaro. That's right. And uh, he had to go uh, figure out how to, to talk to the parents and if he should talk to the parents. So he flies down to meet with his, one of his old buddies, one of, this old coach, uh, who was a real coach, uh, and played by one of the Wayans.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and, Marlon Wayans. Uh, I actually like Marlon Wayans. I think he's he can do actually too. do good, good dramatic stuff.
1: Absolutely, and he did this time. And he goes to see Marlon Wayans, and he's talking to him about you know uh, speaking and 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 everything and presenting and talking to these people. And he's like, look, he's like, you can't go in there with a preset plan. You got to play it from the heart. He goes, I I saw this guy give a speech, and you could tell halfway through nobody was listening, nobody cared, and. All of a sudden it turned on a dime and it was this most amazing, powerful speech I've ever heard. So much so that I went up to him at the end and I said, dude, I've never seen a speech that great. Uh, and and he offered, he said, do you want a copy of it? And he goes, hell yeah, I want a copy of it. And he goes, I kept it. I still have it to this day. And he goes, the first half of the speech, boring. And then I'm I'm looking for this line that I heard that really got me moved. And it's not in there. He goes, it's and it, and it becomes apparent as I'm reading it. This dude completely winged the speech and changed everything he was going to say because the audience wasn't responding to him, to Mm -hmm. his message. And he goes, what was the line? He goes, it was, I have a dream. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, oh, my God. (laughs) And at the end, in the credits, they show he really does still have that speech. That coach really does still have that speech. The Smithsonian offered him $3 million for it, and he said no, and he kept it. Oh, wow. It just means too much to him and he, he said it's inside his coat pocket every time he's coaching a game or, or giving a speech or anything, he keeps it on him to always remember him. And I was like, Wow, that's that's powerful and it and it and it perfectly dovetails into the presentation to the Jordans at the end when they're giving their, their best pow group powwow presentation and they're just not liking it. And and Matt Damon has to stand up and shut up the boss. And say like no no, no forget everything we're saying, and and the whole team's like dude like we we worked on this all night and he's like no, and he totally changes it and gears his presentation towards the audience and wins them over at the end and I was like well that's that's good writing,
0: <laughs> yeah
1: uh, that's good writing yeah and uh, yeah oh great movie.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, unbelievable cast. Yeah, Matt Damon is Sonny Vaquero, which if you get a chance, um, a couple years ago they did a 30 for 30 about Sonny vacaro called Soul Man. I think it's called Soul Man. And if you get a chance, check that out. It's pretty good. Um, Jason Bateman, always delightful. Ben Affleck, I thought, did a good job as Phil Knight. You and I are big Christmas Cena fans. Viola Davis is Viola Davis. No No more need to say there. Um, if you're not
1: a Christmas Cena fan, you don't know what
0: you're doing. Uh, yeah. And then Matthew Mayer, who I love, is becoming more and more popular. Um, and it's funny, him apparently he went to the same I think he went to the same high school as Ben Affleck. I was listening to like a, one of the episodes of Smartless, and Ben Affleck's talking about how they had this great theater teacher in high school, and like Matthew Mayer is a part of it, and there's some other people that like came out of there, and like that's which I thought was incredible. Um that is awesome. Jay Moore is still alive? That. That's cool. I didn't even know that. So we get to see Wait, him a little was, bit. What
1: was he in? I don't remember. Jay
0: Moore? He <laughs> is. He's kind of not easily recognizable. Um, but he is the um, the assistant to the, the German people. Uh, Gustav uh, Skarsgård is one of them.
1: Oh, God. I didn't notice him at all.
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he's not in it a bunch. But yeah, and he's, he's not very recognizable. But no, I thought the movie was excellent. It told the story very well. And like you said there's not there is some content there but like for you could do it in like a short youtube clip to kind of tell the story but i like the way they they told the movie they set the stage very 80s yeah the soundtrack was phenomenal um i yeah i enjoyed it very much you leave you don't you paid your money for this one and you didn't you didn't have any issues going to the theater or buying it on streaming i thought both were were excellent Uh, I don't know what it's been. I feel like it's been like a month or two since I've seen this. Um, so it's, I'm trying to go back and remember, but I don't know what I would, I feel like it was a solid, like revisionist history. I feel like it was a solid 8.5, 8.7, something like that. It was just a good, it was just a solid movie.
1: Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I I thought about the same. Yeah. I'd give it, I I really like 8.7. Yeah. That's probably right where I would go. Um. I didn't think there was any wasted beats. Like I liked, I thought each part that they included was important. I liked mm-hmm. learning a little bit about uh, Matthew Mayer's character, the, the eccentric shoe designer.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I loved the way they they didn't force things during the movie. So like they uh, they show that he invented the Jordan silhouette. In the during the credits, yeah, uh, and then, uh, sadly the guy died just before the movie got brought out.
0: Oh, that's too bad. Um,
1: so he didn't get to see his character. Yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, that's a shame. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed every bit of it. I thought the acting was stellar uh, across the whole thing, and I mean, you know, obviously, you know, it was a it was an all star cast. Yeah. <laughs> so not to be too surprising, but I think my favorite was Justin Bateman. Or Jason Bateman, sorry. <laughs> I think Jason Bateman just killed it. Uh, he's always good. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I really like. He had such little screen time, and it was just he was so powerful and good in the bits he was in. Like even the part about like like, you know, you haven't noticed, Sonny, that uh, you risked all our financial futures. But <laughs> like you'll bounce back. Yeah. A lot of us won't. you know. And but he doesn't say it in a way that's like, screw you it's just like you need to you need to take a breath and keep in mind like right now like you act like the pressure's on you it's not everybody like and uh, we're all gonna lose here and uh, he's like and i'm gonna lose time with my kid and like that was a great scene <laughs> he's like my only my only reason she wants to see her dad at this point when i only she only gets to see me a couple days a month is the free free nikes i bring yeah he's like i'm gonna go broke buying these because i'm gonna keep doing it yeah (laughs) if i don't work here but uh yeah i get it like yeah that was a great scene like yeah i I really i loved it my wife's biggest takeaway because we're laughing because uh we watched the trailer for tender bar did you ever see that yeah
0: we watched it it starts off really good and ends weird
1: Well, we want to see it, but we we watched the trailer for that, and then we watched the trailer for Air, and I was, so I could like, let her pick which one to watch, and she just starts laughing. She's like, what? I said, what? She goes, Ben Affleck's just looking for reasons to wear tracksuits now. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, in every scene, in every one of these movies, he's just wearing tracksuits. I was like, you know what? Good for him. Yeah, I don't blame uh, him. Yeah, like that's hilarious. But uh, I, didn't, I hadn't even noticed. But uh, Yeah, no. Uh, I, I, I would highly recommend it to anybody. So, yeah, 8.7, highly recommend. Uh, and you don't need to be a sports fan to enjoy it at all. Yeah, it's not about you know, the sports. So, yeah. Yeah, and I'll tell you, it, it actually uh, made my wife want to watch The Last Dance. So we've been watching that.
0: Oh, okay. Uh,
1: yeah, and I had seen a, a lot of it already. But they also, right now, have a new podcast that's being made into a uh, series about his dad and his dad's murder and how uh, how wild that thing is, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know every all about that, but that is
0: yeah, fun. basically a wild He story. was driving back. I think he used to go like to the he he would gamble, and I think you know Jordan did the same. But it's not like, you know, they had the money, they can do it. But yeah, he came, like, from what I understand, he came back from driving, or was driving too, and was just tired, pulled over on the side of the road, and, and someone carjacked him and shot him.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's not the story. <laughs> that's the story I remember, yeah. too. Uh, and then, like, they start showing the uh, the story about, like, like, I watched a little bit of it, of what happened. There is... There's a lot of things to it that's really interesting, like the, the two guys that were uh, one guy. There were two guys that shot him or that were getting convicted of murder. Uh, the one who's been doing jail time for like 30 years, the one who got let off for uh, ratting on him, basically. Um, they're finding out it was maybe the other guy. It was <laughs> uh, not the guy that's been serving the life sentence. Uh, he was just asked to come along and he didn't know what he was doing. Uh, but the other guy turned on him first, so he got let go. Uh, so the guy that actually pulled the trigger, and then, uh, but but also the the wrinkle in it all is where he was found dead, and and it, and and who the two people were. One of the shooters was the son of the sheriff. That police department also was the most corrupt in the entire country at the time, and it was just a, and it's this tiny county. Where he just happened to be. uh, That's like a few miles of stretch of that stretch of highway. Mm -hmm. And in that county, like hundreds of black people had been disappeared. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, and then like, yeah, anyway. Yeah. So the sheriff's son is the one who got let go despite being the one to pull the trigger. And uh, so, yeah, there's like all kinds of corruption and and crazy stuff that was going on. So I'm going to watch that, too. So air Air kind of opened up. Yeah. A lot of stuff for me to watch. Yeah
0: and learn about so i've been i've been enjoying that well so i'm gonna we were gonna talk about this at some point but i'm gonna pivot this to the next one is uh the movie blackberry which i went and saw this past week um because i feel like they're very similar movies so air you know about the jordan's blackberry was about the blackberry phone and um it's uh yeah the thing is the story of the meteoric rise and catastrophic demise of the world's first smartphone um it's directed and written by Matt Johnson, who's actually plays one of the characters, too. And i, I never heard of this guy before, but he did a really good job with this. Um, Jay Baruchel plays Mike Lazaridis, one of the, the CEOs and founders. And Glenn Howerton from Always Sunny plays Jim Basile, um, who's the other kind of CEO. And it's got an uh, interesting cast. Um, Carrie Ells is in it a bit. Saul Rubinek is in it a bit. Rich Sommer. Like, there's some people that, like, there's not a ton of people that are in it a lot. It just, it's mostly the main core of the people that you meet when it first develops. But it's basically Jay Bares, Shaw Glenn Howerton, and a little bit of Matt Johnson. But it was really good. And I I think this, I mean, I enjoyed Air, and it's kind of weird comparing the two. But it's, you know, the story of these things that happen. I, I Blackberry, I think I would give a 9. Like, I, it, it was just, I felt like it was just a little bit better than Air. I felt like it, I don't know, okay. it, it paced well. It was, I, and also, I I knew, maybe it's because I knew the story of Air. Like, I knew it was going to be, like, going into it. This one, I really didn't know much. Like, I knew parts of it, but this happened basically in the early 2000s is when this went around. But you remember, everyone had the Blackberry. They called them Crackberries because people were addicted to them. Yeah, and then, yeah. The iPhone comes out, and it's just you know things just it, like it. It was there one day and it was gone the yeah. next. Yeah, and what happened to some of the people is kind of is is interesting as well. Um, I don't want to say too much,
2: but no, I don't. Do, I enjoyed yeah.
0: this movie very very much. Um, do you okay. want do you want do you want some score? So just so we no, can no, kind of not
1: for- not for not for that one yet. Not for that one. Okay. I, I'm gonna watch it this week. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah it, so don't tell me that one yet.
0: Uh, yeah. It was. It was. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't know what to expect a ton, and honestly, I didn't think it was gonna be that. I didn't know any scores about it either. I didn't think I didn't know if it was gonna be good or anything like that. But I, I love me some Jay Bearshaw and I like Glenn Howerton, especially. In, I mean, I mostly just see him in Always Sunny, but a few times he's popped up in other things, and I like him. And I wasn't yeah. sure. And he actually like, shaved. Yeah. He's got, like, you know, the horseshoe where he's bald on top. He actually shaved his head for this role. So he's not wearing a wig. That's his hair. He just shaved it. Like, he shaved himself bald.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I I really liked it. He, you know, he wrote and directed the Goon movies. Uh, Goon 1 and Jay Baruchel.
0: No, no. So Glenn Howerton's the one with the bald spot. Yeah, Glenn Howerton's the one, oh, the Howerton. yeah, oh, Howerton's the one who oh, shaved bald. Oh, wow. Uh, actually, okay. Jay Baruchel has white hair. And at the end, it's kind of like... He finally gets it done nice, and he actually looks really good with white hair, which I never would never want to see coming. <laughs> Is he, he's a silver fox already? <laughs> yeah, he's a silver fox. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> yeah,
1: good for him, yeah. No, I, I, I like Jay Bearshaw a lot. I do, I mean, too. He's ta- uber-talented dude mm-hmm. and underrated. Uh, yeah, Glenn Howerton, I was kind of interested in his ability to do drama, um, not just straight comedy. And I feel like he seems like a guy who does have that ability to be really good. Yeah. Um, and, and I just wanted to throw out you mentioned like you compared this to Air, and I don't think you're wrong for it. I, I like it. I, I would throw in the trilogy of this last month. It was Tetris, uh, which oh, was also kind of very that. similar. Yeah. Oh, really? I still yeah, haven't seen I that. See. I
0: need to. Yeah.
1: It's another movie that's about a mega 80s product. Yeah, I know Blackberry was 80s, but a, but a mega product uh, and people's. Uh, fighting for the rights to be able to make a <laughs> Uh So, I mean, it's kind of an interesting trilogy of movies that all came out together. Uh, and, I, and I wonder if it has something to do with the popularity. There's a show on Netflix I know you've seen and I've seen and they've spun it off into other shows that's about the... Uh, it's called, like, The Toys That Made Us and The Toys We Made in the 80s and 90s or something like that. Yeah. And it's, like, the story of, like, you know, uh, Legos and He-Man and, you know... Uh, and all those things and, and it's it believe it or not it's like one of the most streamed things on Netflix
0: I tried the uh, toys one I tried watching the toys that made us I couldn't get into it but I love the movies that made us I've seen uh, I think all of those a few times
1: yeah well the well the toys one uh I mean like like the he-man was really interesting to me because it was like like the way they they did it was entirely a focus group of like 20 kids in a room <laughs> and they're like what you know, they, with a billion different toys, and they're like, what do they gravitate towards? And then some guy went, who cares? Listen to what they're saying. And the common theme on all of them was that kids are powerless, and they wanted to have the power <laughs> uh, and be uh, and have and manage their own destiny. They were fighting against parents and teachers and police. And they're, you know, they, and, and they kept saying, like, three different kids said, like, I love having the power and making the choices. And so that's why I have the power came to be and they wrote He-Man literally around that line. Huh. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it was like really interesting seeing all the stuff. And they're like, "Yeah, this is the the this will get kids will want this toy because they know in their already they want the power, <laughs> and that'll be the thing that resonates with them." And sure enough, <laughs> it became like the biggest hit toy. And uh, yeah, so yeah, some of those some of those are really interesting. And like I said, they they're some of the most watched things ever, and they've spun some other things off from it. But I wonder if that has something to do. They, they've done them one now with board games like that. And I wonder if that has something to do with, like, you know, air texture Blackberry. Like, oh, people care how these things came to be, you know, and uh, let's, let's start marketing on that nostalgia in that way versus just rebooting old movies.
0: Interesting. Um, Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, watch Blackberry. Go see that. I, I enjoyed it very much. I want to. I want to tell you something about the scores that I think is very interesting, but okay, go ahead. No, you right. can do it. You can do it. So, uh, Airs, Airs, uh, audience and critic score is the exact opposite of Blackberry's. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay. The critics liked okay. Blackberry more. The fans liked Air more. But I don't know how many people and saw Blackberry. I tried finding like when I was out there. I had to drive a little while to get to the theater just because. There, there was like three near me, and none of them were showing it.
1: Interesting. Well, I can kind of see that, too. I could even see a few people kind of reviewing of the critics, maybe giving a lesser score. Because it, from, from what I was reading, it sounds like the production company that Affleck and Damon started mm-hmm. is kind of meant to disrupt Hollywood a little bit. Yeah. And, it, and it's working.
0: Yeah, it, basically, <laughs> it's paying them equal, like fair wages, and the better it does, the more that everyone that worked on it gets.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like here's exactly here's yeah. a fair wage, but yeah, exactly, like you all have a taste if this does extremely well. Yeah, and and but also, uh, they have the fair wage is like if we go over on budget and time, that comes out of that fair wage. So like they all have reason to keep costs down and to be creative and innovative with every step of the process as well, because they could lose money if it goes over budget and over time to make it. So that's the that's the push pull of it all. Mm-hmm. Is like it could be less than you think, or you could make way more if we all do a great job. So you're incentivized always to do a great job without anyone having to tell you. So <laughs> basic economy. Yeah. So economics. But like Hollywood refuses to do it, and in the air it looks like it worked out.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it was excellent. Yeah, that, I, I hope it, I hope they all made a ton of money. Um, there was also another movie that came out from the Always Sunny cast this weekend, and I went and saw that one first. I was like, oh, do I see Blackberry? Do I see Fool's Paradise? Which was written and directed and stars Charlie Day, and it the the preview looked fun and silly and you kind of knew it was going to be it's poking fun at hollywood and it's um charlie day's character plays kind of like a charlie chaplin buster keaton he doesn't talk in the movie he's like in the in the very beginning they give you like two minutes like basically he's got the uh, he's he's got the intelligence of a labrador or you know a five-year-old He's very, he'll follow people, he's very easily suggestible, and he doesn't talk. Like, we don't think he's deaf or mute, he just doesn't talk. And they never really kind of come back and talk about that, but the cast is loaded. Charlie Day, Ken Jong, Kate Beckinsale, Adrian Brody, Ray Liotta in one of his last movies, because this was filmed in 2018, Jason Sudeikis, Steve Coulter, Jason Bateman, um, Charlie Day's real-life wife, Mary Elizabeth Ellis, uh, the waitress from Always Sunny, Edie Falco, Jimmy Simpson, um, just yeah, just it's just full of people. The
1: sounds great, yeah, yeah.
0: And the problem is, Ken Jong's character is very over the top, and and there's a lot of people that like Ken Jong. He's just not my thing. Like a lot of people like him, so it's just a maybe it's just a me thing. But he just he's always kind of over the top, so it's just never over the top. Yeah, 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 he's over the top. Yeah, so um, yeah, if you like. Ken Jong, you get a lot of them in this, but he's kind of over the top. And everyone else, I mean, it is, everyone's supposed to kind of be over the top, but it was, it's fun. And everyone's in it for, like, all the guest stars are only in it for, like, little parts of it. So I guess that's why it was easier to film, is people could come in and probably knock out all their shooting in, like, a day or two. Uh, There's a lot of good stuff from a lot of people. Charlie Day, like, in the first, like, 30 minutes, you're like, oh, this is going to be kind of delightful. This is going to be a silly little delightful movie. The problem is, it's an hour, like an hour and a half long. Let me see what the runtime. Yeah, it's an hour and thirty-eight minutes long, and that's probably about forty-five minutes too long. Um, just because. Whoa. What's yeah? What's what's fun and silly about it? Like after a while, you're like, all right, I get the point. Um, it just I don't need any more. Um, it should have been an FX special presentation that's forty minutes yeah. long. Yeah, yeah. If it, if they did it like an hour long movie, or uh, or forty-five to hour long movie, you know, on something, I think it could have been a lot better. Um, there was also issues where, you know, he he had filmed it and shot it and everything, and started editing it, and he talked to Guillermo del Toro. And Guillermo del Toro rewrote and uh, told him, "Well, you need to redo all this and this and this," and so he did that, and that's why it's taken so long to get out, and. 'Cause it was actually originally called Pronto because the character's name is Latte Pronto. Um, and
2: Okay, okay. Yeah, coffee and
0: Pronto. <laughs> and, Give me coffee fast. Yeah, well, and the way he gets it is funny. It's I mean, there are some very there's some funny parts, and it's silly and it's kinda of fun at the beginning, but after a while you're like, Oh my god, this is it's going on a long time. The end never really wraps up. It just kinda of, like when it ends, you're just like, This can't be the ending. Oh, it is. And the credits just roll, and you're like, Ah gosh. I mean, you do get to see Charlie Day that can't be easy when you have no, like, you have no speaking lines. And but he's he has such great facial features, and he's so broad that it's it's enjoyable watching him. And it's all it's enjoyable for a while. Like if you get a chance, if it's on streaming or something, watch like the first thirty minutes and just go as long as you can, and then you can enjoy aspects of it.
1: <laughs> it's an endurance test. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to like it. I wanted to like it, but um. All right. Here's the scores. I'm not even. Gonna, I'm not, I'm not going to quiz you on this one because it doesn't really matter. But yeah,
1: I haven't seen it. Seventeen
0: <laughs> yeah. and thirty-eight.
1: Whoa. Yeah,
0: seventeen is critics. Whoa. Seventeen is critics, and it feels like this probably should have been more liked by the critics. Although it pokes a lot of fun at Hollywood and how ridiculous they are. Um, but Whoa. yeah, if, it's.
1: If you told me it combined for a forty-five, yeah, <laughs> I would not have believed you. Wow! Yeah, that is horrendous.
0: Well, and I started watching the movie, and the first like 20 to 20 thirty minutes, and I'm like, okay, it'll be like I, I would give it like a seventy, you know, a seven or wherever metric you want to use. Uh, I'd give it like a solid seven or seventy, whatever. And then it kept going, and, and it only lost points. Like it just kept going, like oh. like I, it probably ends up just because it's kind of it's at the by the end, you're like it's kind of a mess. Like what was the? It didn't really have a story, really, it just kind of ends, and I'd like to see what the original version was before, you know, uh, it's Gary Motoro, though, if he tells you to do stuff, yeah. you know, you do it. Um, but, I, I I mean, I think I would give it a 50, and I, that's kind of being maybe a little bit generous just because it's, there are aspects of it that are very enjoyable. But it's it's, it's yeah, kind yeah. of a structural mess.
1: And And I wonder, yeah, I mean, I'm with you, like, what I'd like to see is what his original gut feeling was. But uh, I will say the Duffer brothers, they give 100% of the credit for Stranger Things success to Guillermo del Toro. They're like, they said he kind of did the same thing. He was shooting Shape of Water <laughs> next door to them, I believe, is what it was. Yeah. Uh, during season one. And he came over and he's like, stop. Don't do that. Like, you're you're... You had a like they had a vision, but they were moving away from it because they didn't think that's what Netflix would want. And he's like, "Do what you want. <laughs> this is Netflix. You get to do what you want. <laughs> Stop trying to conform to someone else." Mm-hmm. And because uh, they were worried about, do we stay with, you know, the horror aspect of it, or do we stay with the Goonies aspect of it? Because we can't be dropping F bombs with kids. And then yeah. he's like, "Why the hell not?" <laughs> That's what you want. That's what you saw. Do it. Yeah. And people, it will find its audience. And sure enough, <laughs> it's one of the most watched things ever. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so so I get Charlie Day going, well, <laughs> you did it for the Dumber Brothers. Uh, maybe I should listen to this guy.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but uh, anyway.
0: Yeah, Common yeah. was actually really, like, everyone's only in it for a little bit. Like, I forgot John Malkovich is in Toby Huss is in it. But he's, you don't even, he has no dialogue and he has like he's wearing like a gas mask, and he's in it for like okay. ten, five ten minutes. Yeah, it, it's kind of yeah. It gets bizarre towards the end. Uh, Commons in it for a little bit. He was actually one of the funniest parts. I thought I thought he was really funny in it. Um, but yeah, it's when it comes out for streaming, give it a shot. Uh, not give it a shot, but like watch as much as you can take, and then after when it starts becoming kind of monotonous or you get tired of it, turn it off and be like, okay, I got what I wanted out of it.
1: Okay, yeah, no, I will. Right. I, I do want to see it. I mean, I, I, and it helps, I will say it helps going in there with the lowered expectations. Yeah. <laughs> of how bad it's going to be. Like, that'll that'll actually help me enjoy it a little bit. Yeah,
0: like, it's already low. I'm going to go ahead and need you to drop them just a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Fair yeah. Enough. Um, all right, let's go to stuff we've both seen. Barry. So we got the new episode and I think we only have, what, we have two episodes left of Barry? Is that right? No. Next week is the finale. Yeah, yeah. The finale next week. Called Wow. It's just called Wow. I don't
1: want
0: it. Yeah. This one's called A Nice Meal. Um, Sally and John Jr. travel to L.A. Hank sends men to eliminate fukes. Gene takes an enticing meeting about the film project. Um let's start with the Gene part. So Gene comes back. He seems like, it, it, his whole reason for coming back after years is like HBO's doing movies like you can't do this. I don't want you to ruin her her, you know, his girlfriend's image uh or her memory um just just put an into it. And then in the most Kusano fashion. It's funny. He goes on Twitter and he's like stop the movie. We don't want this. And his agent tells him, "Well, This is actually a really good idea because you're you're saying stuff against it, but it's only making people want to make the movie more because, you know, his agent played by Fred Melamed is also just wants money and, you know, it's just kind of that way. Um, He ends up getting a call from another agent and saying, look. We want to we want to make a movie, a theatrical at least. We feel like this is more of a a, a theater movie than a a, a phone. Well, he calls it a phone movie, which is funny because instead of streaming, but he's like, I have no interest. Yeah. Well, Daniel Day Lewis wants yeah. to play you, well, and so of course he's right back in. He's like, he's coming yeah. out of retirement. He wants to play you, so he gets a meeting with him in the most stupidest clandestine, kusano way, and then he's like, we want to get Mark Wahlberg to play Barry, and so he tells him all these things to get him going. Gets him in a hotel room, and the police are there. The district attorney, played by Charles Parnell, who I've been seeing in everything lately, which is great. I love me some Charles Parnell. Um, Jim Moss is there, and then there's a policeman in the back, and his son, Kusno's son, is there. And he said, where did you get this $250,000? Because Barry mentioned something while he's tied up in uh, Jim Moss's basement about it. So Jim Moss starts looking into it because he had heard something... About it before, and now they think that Kusuno had Barry kill his girlfriend Moss because he was part of uh, I, she had found out that Kusino was you know involved with the Chechnins with Barry and everything, so they had to silence her, which obviously isn't right. But Kusuno is kind of scummy for you know another reason, trying to profit off of all of this, and um. Uh, they think that he kusuno shot his son on purpose because his, fun, his son had found out that the money had come from Chechen drug money, and it's yeah. kind, this is kind of a, the proper ending for Kusino. Like he just his hubris, he could just could not, he mm-hmm. could not get rid yeah. of it. He could not turn it down.
1: Well, and you know the 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 thing that is, would be the most ironic is if at the end of this. They they end up making the movie about Kusano.
0: who's dead. <laughs> yes,
1: <laughs> or yeah. or in jail. In jail, and, yeah. And it's gonna be played by like Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> or, now he but now he, he can't who profit. He doesn't like.
0: Yeah, but now yeah, he can't yeah, profit no, exactly. off it because you can't profit off your crimes.
1: Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like the like the person who plays Kusano is gonna have to be like someone he doesn't like that does a terrible job yeah. playing Kusano. Well, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, it can't it can't be good. It give be a movie that vilifies him, and is you know, and is all lies about him. Or even better is, uh, yeah, it's all lies, but uh, he ends up enjoying the performance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of, of his character.
0: That's a good call. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be a total cousin out move. Is uh, you know, but Daniel Day Lewis was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <I>, uh... <laughs> Oh God! He might be the new Raven.
0: Or 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 Kevin James plays Cousineau, or like something like that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Rob Schneider as Cousineau.
1: I was trying to remember. Didn't he have like a? Uh, did he have a nemesis? In
0: the first season.
1: Yeah, in the first season.
0: I don't remember. It was I so swear long ago. There was some,
1: I swear that yeah, there was some actor that was like his nemesis. I could say uh, that they can bring back to play him with anyway. All right. Hey, man, I'm, I am I. couldn't be more excited to watch it. This has been one of the best series I've ever imagined.
0: Yeah. But, uh, well, let's talk uh, about Barry. Can... So Barry is yeah, trapped yeah. in the... Because oh, yeah. from the last episode, we just see that a bag goes over his head. Kusino had, had kind of walked him into uh, Jim Moss's house, uh, ready to be captured. So Barry's strapped oh, yeah. into the... The infamous uh, garage in the chair, but he's got an IV drip with him. It seems like he's on drugs. He's uh, hallucinating pretty heavily uh, yeah, about yeah. the people he's killed, and um, and he keeps seeing his son. He re- he doesn't really see Sally. He just sees his son uh, a lot, which is interesting. And eventually, the yeah, drugs boy. like wear off. He kind of comes to. He you know gets out of there, and then he gets the call on his phone from Ho Hank. And he says, if you want you know, if you want to see your wife and son again, you'll come here. Noho Hank, of course, is only getting buried because he wants to turn him over to Fuchs, uh, or the Raven, because Fuchs is just an absolute badass now. He, he I love the beginning. He goes, He what did he call the, the four like supers like ultra force guys?
1: Yeah. The four ultimate badass killers.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he, he sends them over there and then like immediately. He's like, you got four packages here, and he goes, "It's probably human heads." And like, cause you see, there's around the <laughs> line, and he keeps. on, I don't know why I keep opening it. It's always human heads, and so he just keeps opening well, yeah, it. Yeah, why up.
1: do I keep opening it? Yeah. Oh, even in death, you're beautiful.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the sniper. He can get it. Yeah. <laughs> he can do yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. He goes. Uh, he has five hundred confirmed de- uh, kills. Five hundred to one now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Oh, that was that was amazing. And uh yeah the uh you know, <laughs> immediately returned his head, like we said. And uh you see the raven talking to his flock and uh the the wife and daughter are traumatized. Are you is it was it the killing? Yeah, and their heads like, yes. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, we should, uh, we should, we should find a way to make you not have to deal with this next time. And that's the titular uh, line where one guy goes, you know, I can just uh, ahead of time take them out to a nice meal. <laughs> yeah. they won't have to see all the killing. Oh. And then the other guy.
0: But this was unexpected. He's like, I think I can get out quick. Oh, the best is he goes. Well, what if we watch the Fast and Furious movie? They're very loud. He goes. Well, Fast Five is the the loudest because they're you know they're in Brazil. And he goes. Well, you're gonna have to have a good sound bar. You don't need a good sound bar. It's loud enough as is. Like just going up about (laughs) the loudest.
1: His car's bursting out of an airplane. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Yeah. up. laughs> I never see that one. Oh, he drives it right up the airplane. Yeah, that whole scene was just so fantastic. Uh,
1: it was so Barry. Yeah, it was like the it was such a Barry moment. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. And I mean, the best part of it all, of course, is that the Raven has actually become the Raven.
0: Yeah, like, like from, you didn't know if he's, he's just fukes lying and you know, you know, trying to pretend. No, he is that he is that badass now.
1: Well, and it's setting up for, like, uh, for Moss, who, uh, who's looking at, you know, uh, 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 gosh dang it, Winkler's character. <laughs> uh, Cousineau. Uh, what, it's Cousineau. Uh, you know, he had seen Fuchs back then, but Fuchs wasn't the Raven. Fuchs was just an in-betweener, you know, contractor. Yeah. And now it looks like Fuchs really was the Raven all the way back then. And didn't call those shots back then, so I don't know. It, it reshapes what they think happened to Moss's daughter now, uh, because he really is the Raven. Before it was a joke. Uh, so yeah, so now it looks like Kusno's been in bed with the Chechen mafia and Raven, and and Barry this this super killer. Yeah. Uh, this whole this whole time, and really at the moment it wasn't. Yeah, uh, that's not what the killing of his daughter was really about. Yeah, yeah. And I'm trying to remember. So, yeah. So it, I mean, there's just, there's a lot to it. But I do like that you mentioned that Sally wasn't in his, his hallucinations. He was he's panicked about his son. Mm-hmm. But then also, I mean, we got to see, because we didn't mention the episode before uh, is when the, the newspaper writer was captured by Moss and taken away. And Moss is like, because, because, uh, uh, Cousin, now told him everything in his one-man play. Remember about yes. Moss's daughter and all that yes. stuff. And, and he takes that guy away, and he comes back speaking German, <laughs> yeah. and like being terrified and can't remember anything. Just starts rattling off German. They're like, "Kinda, mean, you don't know German." <laughs> yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, that was the best scene. And now we get to see why like Moss is so horrifying to all these people because. It was kind of a joke, that he's just this terrifying, intimidating guy that's going to stare in a garage. But no, he has him hooked up on an IV. You said Barry hallucinating. He's got his arms and tied behind him. So Barry thinks that he's uh, and uh, he's been amputated, his arms and legs, because Moss says that. He goes, why can't I feel my arms and legs? Moss said, I cut him off. Yeah. Uh, and he's like oh my god like yeah. and and he's got that uh light deprivations mask on mm-hmm. his face so so he hasn't seen light god knows how many days this has been so yeah and he's just writing up writing down whatever comes out of baby's mouth i thought that was the most interesting uh part of the part of the story and yeah. i mean he's not even recovered from it yet at the end of the episode like he just now got to the point where he can get out of the get out of
0: that house. Well, but at the which, very, which very end, at the very end, you see, because uh, in the episodes before, he's talking to his son, he's like, yeah, I used to have a lot of rage issues, but I've worked on that. And at the very end, you know, they've got his, they've got his, they've got Sally, but I think it seems like and more importantly, son. they've got his son, which is his yeah. entire world. And you see him like just shaking with rage. And so you see that the old Barry is kind of back on this. So, uh, oh my God, I can't wait for the finale. Uh, I am so, oh, this has been, back. the the. this has been, the best show, and this season it's amazing because it's been so so dark, but they've still been able to put in great, like, humorous uh, scenes, like the one where they're talking about the Fast and the Furious, or you know, the taking the, yeah, the ladies yeah. out to, to eat.
1: You you only brought one rocket. Yeah. So I was trying to I was trying to save on budget. Then buy less office supplies. Yeah. You, don't, you don't just bring one rocket. Right. You thought we would hit it on the first try? Yeah. <laughs> and the whole scene of them trying to reverse down the freeway was oh, my oh god. Oh And god. then he's at that, that little
0: crazy. old lady's house, She's like, Thanks, Andy. Yeah.
1: yeah. I don't want to drink this, throw this away. Yeah. <laughs> gross Coca-Cola. Uh.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, that yeah, all of that has been amazing. And they've never shied away from giant epic battle scenes for the finales. So yeah. I, that might be a misdirect, but I doubt it. Yeah, it, I doubt that, too. Uh, the way it's setting up, yeah. So uh, we'll see going forward. But uh, I couldn't be more excited. I hope it's an hour and a half finale, but it's not going to be. <laughs> no, it won't.
0: Yeah, I don't think yeah. it will either. But let's move on. We've got so much to talk about. Um, next is Succession. And we got the most recent episode, which is the uh, the funeral for Logan Roy, uh, entitled Church and State, wow. and yeah. my God, the, this is another one where this is this is a good a great show, and this season has been unbelievable. And it's interesting because you start off, it starts off the episode where Roman Roy is kind of doing the speech, and he seems like he's got all this bravado and he's ready for it. He's ready for the limelight because this yeah, is what's, it. yeah, because yeah, this is this is what's going to basically him auditioning for the ceo position and he never he never really dealt with the feelings from his dad and it seems like he had some of the hardest just because his dad would beat him so merc- i mean that's what we're hearing when you know when they talk about his dad would beat him mercilessly Absolutely. he's a smaller you know he's a smaller guy so maybe that's something to do with it and he just he had such a complicated relationship with his dad because at the end, when when you know the holy triumphant of the the three children come together, um, he's the one that ends up turning. It can't he can't do it. He ends up going back to his dad, and it seemed like he's been yeah, the most yeah. the most. Uh, he 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 seems like he's been the most ready for this because during the camp, you know, the election night, he's pushing for this because he wants Mencken to. You know, he's like, we got to help Mankin so he can help us, and then you realize uh, Logan says later, we have no leverage. Our leverage is gone now because we gave him what he wanted. There's no reason for him to help us now. So we got to figure something out. And Roman gets up to the to do the speech and just kind of falls apart. You know, his dad died. It's a complicated relationship. You hear from from both uh, Logan's brother and his two other children and two of his other children. It's, it's. No one a, has
1: anything nice to say. Yeah, yeah.
0: he was a terrible the, person. They're trying to find nice things.
1: They're trying to, and they try to stop the, the dad from getting up there. The uh, brother, the brother. I mean, yeah. from getting up there. Yeah. And um, but but I just want to point out. I mean, just the fact that this whole episode is a funeral scene about a guy who died, and everybody who's at the funeral is scum. Yeah. <laughs> like like they're they're all scum. Trying to fake emotions
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, because nobody cares that he's dead. And at, at one point, his uh, I forget what we call him—the Grays or whatever—the the old uh, VPs. Yeah, like they're they're like scale one to ten. Do you really care? Yeah. One of them says something along them. like they're all like yeah like. Like they always want somebody else to admit it first, so they can all agree. Yeah. But they're not going to agree till someone else does it first, so no one ever says well, what
0: they mean. And you see them <laughs> talking. You see Frank and Carl talking to Kendall when they're actually putting him in the mausoleum. They're Like, what did you really think? Be honest. And you're like, he was a salty dog. That's for sure. And the, you know, it's the stuff that, like, yeah, yeah. yeah they, even then exactly. they can't do it. Yeah. I think those guys. Yeah. I think the Greys. They just want this deal to get done, so they can take their money and get the hell out of there. They're kind of that, done with exactly. the kids. Yeah. They see the writing on the that's wall.
1: Exactly what it is. And then they want out. Yeah, they want to cash out, and get the heck out. And and uh, but but what I would just want to say is, yeah, yeah, you got the whole place filled with people that have no real emotions, and and he, and Roman gets up there, and who's like the biggest pos of them all. To the point to the point that he says, like on the way there to his sister, you know, when you're breastfeeding, I'm gonna stand, I'm gonna watch a jerk off. Yeah. Like, he's so damaged yeah he is so damaged uh that yeah and then he just i I love that the one line is like as he's breaking down and he can't do it he's just like is he really in there is he really in there yeah talking about his dad in the casket and you're like and he just loses it and uh and and the way roy goes up there initially to help him
0: what when you say roy that's the last name Kendall?
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Kendall, yeah. Yeah, Kendall, okay. right. yeah, I don't know why I did that. Uh, <laughs> I've done the same yeah. thing. Yeah, they
0: got two first names. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. He goes up there initially to help his brother, I believe. I yeah, believe that's what it seemed like. They both rallied around him to comfort him, but but Kendall goes up there and gives this amazing speech because it's the only true thing you could have said about his dad. Because yeah. like, they're all saying, tell the other side. Tell the other side. Because mm-hmm. the brother's Basically he talked about what a POS and unlovable guy he was, uh, despite telling an interesting tidbit of background about him blaming himself and his parents blaming him for his sister's death.
0: And I thought uh, that was a really interesting because, like, we're talking about what a bad guy. Like the brothers talking about James yeah. Cromwell talking about what a bad guy is, but he's also giving you he does give you insight because I think even James Cromwell like, yeah, he was a bad guy. The our parents definitely put it on him. You know, he thought he gave his sister polio and killed her. And so they give yeah, a reason to some of that because if you're rich, you don't you don't have these problems anymore. And so I think he kind of gives a reason either. for for the awfulness yeah. that he is, but doesn't excuse it, which I thought was interesting.
1: That's the important part. Is yeah, he's like this is we're going to give you a little bit of something <laughs> to, to, to show you that he was he wasn't an animal out of nowhere. He was also raised by wolves, you know, not just one himself yeah. and. And yeah, but but you're right. Like that doesn't excuse what a POS he was to all his kids and to literally everybody, <laughs> literally every, including his sea of ex-wives and girlfriends out there that are just talking about like like, just trying to bond over losing someone that none of them really loved.
2: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you
1: know, and he didn't really love any of them <laughs> because he cheated on all of them with the with the next one down the line. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, yeah, I just, I just thought it was a powerful, interesting episode in that, uh, yeah, that you would, you would focus this group of characters in the most emotional place you could ever be, which is uh, a funeral, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. a wedding
1: or a funeral, you know? And, uh, and yeah, so, uh, great episode, uh, and I love that Shiv goes up there immediately after Kendall gives this amazing speech. That that we you know we say it's from the heart, but also kind of gives like a beating of like we're going to keep this going. I'm going to show you why I'm the CEO. Yeah, we're going to keep this keep this moving forward. And then Shiv immediately sees that as well. Shit, now I've got to get up there and give a speech of why I'm better. <laughs> I'm a better I'm a better CEO uh, uh, than than Kindle. And so she goes up there and and blatantly does an audition with like no heart. Yeah, or, or care about Logan at all. It's just a blatant audition where Kendall's wasn't. So yeah, I, I thought that part was really
0: good too. But it's not like Kendall is this sympathetic character because soon afterwards he gets this. Okay, I've got to be the. I've got to be the Logan now, and he even tells because yeah, yeah, yeah. he tells Rome he's like, "Look, you, you you screwed it up, but okay. I need your help." And kind of what Logan would have done is. Um, it's you're exactly not you're, you're not good enough, but you can help me. I can put that light on you, and I can make I can give you worth, and because Shiv is now aligned with Matson, like fully, everyone's aware of it, and it seems like that that may come to fruition that she's going to be the C, the US CEO for whatever you know, Gojo Logan Joystar, well, all that.
1: Yeah, because Macon is is Trump. Yeah, <laughs> and, and clearly, like they're not trying to hide that. Uh, and he's a he's a, a an openly racist, <laughs> uh, uh, money hungry Republican and and who Shiv has always hated. Mm-hmm. But they they realize that just you know he won't crush Gojo if they'll give him an American CEO uh, because then it's an American company and not a not a European company. Very
0: very uh, so that's, small loophole ish. Yeah.
1: Yeah, but that, but that's the platform you can go with. Yeah. It's an American CEO and it's a Roy, it's a continuation of it all, all that kind of thing. And even a woman, maybe he will look good. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I thought that was all that was all interesting. What what I'm interested is is uh, uh character uh is uh what's gonna happen with him because we've seen a lot over the past season, is he like this mastermind that's playing them all against each other and he's not like like it kind of felt like he was making up the sending blood to that girl and pretending like i was thinking that that girl that's his public relations girl that he's firing her. yeah Eba Eba?
0: yeah it kind of
1: felt like that was bs and he's Using it to trick the
0: boys into and, and thinking but, that they have leverage in some way, that they have yeah. like a, a you know some kind of dirt on him. Yeah, it, it's, because that's yeah. the thing. If they're looking for dirt and you give them a fake piece dirt. that really can't be verified other than by one other person, then they're gonna hold on to that and they won't, might, They might not look for other dirt on you. They've already got that one thing.
1: Yeah, but but it looks like Madison does kind of like shiv. and that's all real dirt now because. Like, like even the India thing, we thought that was like it felt like that was planted. Finger, like you know what I mean? Like why would he tell her that? Like that, uh, about the how yeah. bad the numbers were in India. They can crush Gojo. Why would he give her that info? Well, like, it felt like he was giving her fake
0: info. Because he still hasn't released those them. numbers. The the only way they know yeah. about those numbers is because of what they what they've heard from from them. And he's like I don't know if it's right to release the numbers yet. I don't know if it's right. So he keeps yeah keeps giving them this fake dirt on him and yes. meanwhile he's got them not only has he got them like shiv working for him he's got them combating each other that could possibly destroy this thing and he could buy it for pennies on the dollar oh man so yeah
1: this is going great i'm loving the end of this series i love the way they're using tom and shiv yeah uh,
0: tom's is interesting pen. i still don't know what's going to happen to him i'm very intrigued to see I what know. becomes of him because you keep getting these little glimpses of a sympathetic character, but, he meant- but he's not. Yeah, he's not a sympathetic character because you see how he is with Greg and with everyone else, and that he so uh, agreeably orchestrated this the thing with ATN and uh, you know calling it. And now you're saying, well, let's give you know an outside the family perspective. There's writing in the streets because people are like, this is ATN. Um, they gave the narrative that um, that uh, M- Meek and won even though there's still these these ballots that have not, you know, there's it burned down in Milwaukee. You don't know how you're going to be able to do that. And they've got these huge yeah. articles of who's who's involved, and the main guy, Darwin, that, that was, they show him as the top, and he even said, I can do this with a caveat, and they never let him do the caveat. And now that guy's, you know, in a bad spot, and Tommy even goes, well, look, they yeah. show me here, but they don't show me big. I'm like, well, buddy, this is a huge scandal. You don't want to be big, but he doesn't want to be, too small, because it looks like he doesn't have any power. So it's just...
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally agree. And you're right. Like All these glimpses of the sympathetic character... In fact, I would say out of all the characters, he's the most sympathetic. Which isn't saying a lot. Yeah. (laughs) But, But I do like them showing that the reason for sympathy is, again, like with all of them, it's just the constant trauma. Yeah. Of the wife that doesn't really love him. Unless she can abuse him, but, and the uh, the family that wasn't rich, and the fa- you know all these. But
0: things. he's a yeah. willing participant in this because he's greedy and likes the the lifestyle. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I have no clue how this is going to end. I can't wait. We're going to get the end of Barry and Succession next week. Greg's bananas. on top. Greg's on <laughs> top.
2: <laughs> I would love that. Uh, uh,
0: Greg, Greg is vice president. Yeah. Oh man, that'd be good. All right, let's move on just because we still got a ton of stuff to talk about. But, the boy, the top half was just so meaty. So the, the next one is, I have not seen this, uh, The Last Thing You Told Me is the name of it. The
1: Last Thing You Told Me. Yeah, you know what? I just want to just super fast because this is a production company that Reese Witherspoon owns that is just pumping out hit after hit after hit
2: after
1: hit. After mm-hmm. hit. And, uh, and big hit after big hit after big hit after big hit. And uh, just really impressed. This one was supposed to be a Julia Roberts vehicle. Oh. Uh, and she had to back out kind of last minute. And they asked Jennifer Garner to, to do it. And I got to say, Jennifer Garner, Garner did... A, this is some of the best acting she's ever done. She's she I feel like she's really talented. She
0: just picks really bad stuff.
1: Everyone wants her to be the mom. The, the, she's, she's the beautiful
2: mom. Yeah.
0: But,
1: or, or she's going to be ripped action chick.
0: Yeah. One of the
1: two. And, and this one... Was finally like a an in between character. Like she was a strong woman, but she was afraid of a man. You know what I mean? Like you know, that was bigger than her. Like it was. You know what I mean? Like she's mm-hmm. not an action hero. Um, and it was a really well done story. It was a really well done show. My only gripe is that it easily could have been three hours and not seven. Oh okay. <laughs> uh, it, it was seven episodes. It it easily could have been. A three-episode miniseries uh, by these characters, and and, and, and gory Rice, yeah, is phenomenal. She the is. Codage.
0: She is something else, man. Remember, she was the little girl in um, the Nice Guys. She was fantastic in that.
1: Yeah, she was in Sharp Objects too, the other Reese Witherspoon movie. Oh
0: right yeah, series. Okay, uh,
1: as one of the main characters. Yeah, and Mayor of East Town. Uh, that's right, yeah. And then then Spider the Spidermans. And the Spiderman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Betty Brandt. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. funny how they just yeah. like
0: throw her in there's Betty Brandt.
1: Yeah, and uh so anyway, yeah, there's a um uh, she's great in this as well. And, and at first she of course plays a character that you hate. But uh but she does a great job of coming around. And and uh yeah, I, I just yeah, I wanna say that it's it's an odd you know, review, but it's like it's really good. It's just that By stretching it into seven episodes, it made it really predictable.
2: (laughs) Uh, Because
1: you know what's got to come next. But because you wouldn't have called it predictable if it all happened in one episode. Because it would have been the episode. Yeah. But because they stretched it into three, we're like, okay, well, they've got to do this so that they can go do this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, and and so, yeah, that part of it was like meh. But uh, overall, really, really, really good acting good story it just should have been dramatically condensed. great great uh, cast other, other than that great cast Jennifer Garner and-
0: Nicholas, coaster Walden Angry Rice yep. Aisha Tyler Jeff Stoltz um, David Morse yeah there's some good actors in there
1: and, and as usual it's it's the guys and, and girls uh, it's the characters that uh, that you didn't know as well going in that steal the show. Like, like, there's an Augusto Aguilar, Aguilar, mm-hmm. Aguilera Aguilar plays <laughs> Grady. He's phenomenal. He's one of the main characters uh, that you didn't know going into it. Uh, and, and there's others. Okay. But uh, he's, just, he's just an example of, yeah, uh, you're like, oh, well, who's who's this guy? This yeah. guy was great. Uh, so we'll definitely be seeing more of him. Well, it looks That's like cute. he was in and,
0: Snowfall, The Predator, and Made for Love. He was in The Predator? Uh. Yep. Played oh, Nettles. Oh,
1: I'm thinking Cray. Okay. No, yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, 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 okay. Uh, I never watched Snowfall, so I guess I should watch that. Yeah, I keep hearing uh, good things. Everyone tells me I'm an idiot for not watching it. I'm just like, I feel like I've seen this 12 times. Yeah. But, all right, I'll give it a shot probably. All right. Uh, All right.
0: Interesting enough. that's all we need to know. All right, fair enough. Uh, Moving along is Silo. So I have not seen the episode that came out last Friday. I think I'm only three episodes in. Um, I've seen the machines.
1: Ooh, it's a good app.
0: Yeah. Um, so, oh man, yeah, I I'm really enjoying it. This is actually, and Lauren, this is like her goat. Like she's like, usually when we have Silo, she's like that's the first thing that she wants to watch. It, it was just we we got back in town Sunday night. I think we watched Ted Lasso and then crashed, and then yesterday we watched you know caught up on on some of the other stuff that we'll talk about, but um yeah let's push this one for next week i hate to do it because i really like this show but it's been two weeks since i've been able to you know over a week since i saw the last one but this show was fantastic i it is i'm very interested to see where it goes
1: this is the episode i would say that shows you where it's going
0: okay excellent
1: like like it like it gets its tone and you figure out okay this is this is what this is going to be
0: probably so and
1: and it was great it was great so Uh, yeah excellent uh
0: up. um then let's move on so this one i tried watching and i think we were just kind of tired and we kept getting a little bit turned around just because it jumps it, it, it time jumps a lot and that's a uh, class of 09 which is on hulu and fx um yeah, it's uh, yeah. fbi agents who graduated from quantico in 2009 are reunited following the death of a mutual friend uh, amazing cast brian T- tyree henry um Oh, this one jumps around a bunch. So it's high uh, Kate it, it Mara. They're all Smith, playing themselves,
1: yeah. though. Like, they're playing themselves in three different areas. So they're playing themselves uh, in 2009, in 2023, and then in 2020 and
2: 2034,
1: mm-hmm. uh, uh, 11 years later. So they're going to go back and forth between the three. And they, it's clearly a show that's setting up that they've A.I. has basically created some form of a minority report kind of thing where and, and there's, you know, in, in 2009, you're seeing where, you know, all these recruits come from, uh, what's driving their motivations going forward uh, and, and, and how they start getting a read on each other early um, and, and, and justice that's going on in the world present day. AI is becoming a thing. It's being invented. And Brian Tyree Henry is starting to introduce this AI and realize it can be used to help address, you know, fighting crime from a from a unbiased point of view. We don't have to worry about Black Lives Matter, Blue Lives Matter anymore. AI can take care of things, right? Uh, uh, and then in the future, he's the director of the FBI. Uh, AI has basically, like, made this the safest country in the world crime statistics are are plummeting but there's people who are not happy with it and some people are claiming that this ai is having them arrest people and take people down before they've ever even done anything uh just based on saying we can read pattern behavior that they will and therefore go ahead and take them down now but let's not show the evidence to anybody else so minority minority (laughs) report very minority report yeah. yeah and and so and so there there uh there's a group of people helping fight back against that and so yes definitely some minority report to it the interesting thing is that the bits of information they're they're going to give us kind of memento to us <laughs> uh you know five episodes from now you find out about something in you know, 09 that happened that changes how you feel about the present and the future. Okay. Uh, to different characters as you go forward, so I think it has the potential to be really good. We're only two episodes in, though, so yeah, who know? Who knows? But it's gonna. What I think is gonna be fun is it's gonna be. It's kind of this cat and mouse game, but every episode is gonna be like, oh, but which one is the cat? <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> and interesting. Which one's the mouse? You know what I mean? Like throughout, like oh, I thought this guy's playing this guy, but maybe this guy's playing this guy. <laughs> and so I think there's going to be a lot of fun twists and turns throughout the show. If they, I mean, They're they setting it up that way. We'll see if they deliver. But it, it's given me enough in the first two episodes where I definitely want to see where it goes.
0: Okay. Yeah, I want to get back yeah. to it and, and uh, watch it. There's, just been, there's a bunch of stuff that's good out right now, and we're going to get the end to some of these um, very, very soon. Forever.
2: So, some of
1: them
0: forever. Some of them yeah. forever. Yeah, three of them forever. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of a bummer. But yeah, I'll have to get back into this and give it a shot. It, just, it seems interesting. Uh, talk to me about Love and Death.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're only one episode, so the, the finale is uh, on Thursday. And so my wife and I have caught up now. We've seen them all. It's good. <laughs> it's yeah. good. I hate it because I watched Candy. I, I It was I, I like to say Candy was good enough. Yeah. So if you've seen Candy, you don't need to watch this. That said, this is really good. <laughs> and it's less interested in getting all the details exactly right, although they do do a good job of hitting all the important uh, components of it. Uh, but it's more interested in what happens with the character, with the town, with the different people involved outside of it, with the church. How does it affect the community? All of that, and still shows a little bit more of the story. And Candy also, by the way, didn't show all the story either. They missed okay. some really big things all right. that happened. Like you know, so so. There's some of those things are in this. So uh, Elizabeth Olsen, my God, <laughs> I mean, she deserves all the Emmys. Her acting is amazing. Uh, Fat Damon is really good, but he's not asked to do quite as much. Yeah, he's just a very Laid back, toned down character, almost too much, and on purpose. I mean, it should be. You know what I mean? But that's uh, so yeah. you the, see what I mean.
0: The, that's how it was yeah, in the, Candy too. Was the guy was very mute, or not mute, but yeah, very um, muted? Yeah.
1: Yes, and, and and I like it though. Like he's supposed to be. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Yeah. It's just he. It's not acting for like a Al Pacino esque monologues. You know what I mean from his character, nor from Candy's husband, really. Although he does finally towards the end you finally see some more about him uh that that's interesting but candy and her best friends and her old church pastor the female church pastor that moves away at the beginning of candy you know a big part of it is she actually comes back throughout this one okay. uh, because they did stay in touch and friends throughout so yeah really really yeah i very much enjoyed it and i'm not you know what it didn't bother me that i've already seen candy so, I mean, it didn't bother me, so I guess I should say it shouldn't bother you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because it's been different enough that, that it hasn't, you know what I mean? It's been different enough that it hasn't bothered
0: me. So, just so people know, yeah. Fad Damon is what we call Jesse Plemons, but I, we can't anymore. <laughs> he lost a bunch of weight. Did he? Yeah, he's skinny not for, now.
1: Not not for this.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I guess not. Yeah, I saw no, pictures for that, but no, he's, uh, yeah. yeah, he lost a bunch of weight now. Oh, good for him. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because he, he, he was quite large actor. in this one.
0: Yeah, well, he's oh, doing... Oh, man,
1: I, I love the
0: guy. Oh, God. yeah. Well, so his next movie that's coming out, and I think a preview just came out today, is Killers of the Flower Moon, uh, directed by Martin Scorsese. and yeah. Uh, yeah, Leonardo DiCaprio, Robert De Niro, Jesse Plemons, uh, John Lithgow, Brendan Fraser, um, Scott Shepard, who I think your people are going to start knowing a lot more. He was the... Um, at the end of Last of Us, he's the 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 crazy kind of leader when it's in the snow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sturgill Simpson. That's yeah. Right. So there's some. So yeah, good for him. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, that's a whole so. lot of yeses on that cast. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. I mean, yes, 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 yes. yes,
0: yes. I'm not. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm not going to run out and see this. If I've got a show hole, maybe I'll put it in. But I feel like, feel like I don't I'm blame kinda, you. I feel like I've kind of gotten what I need to out of it from Candy. Um. Yeah. Which, uh, if you could only recommend one, and I maybe it's it's hard just because Candy came out first. If you could only recommend someone to watch one to get this story, which one would it be?
1: I would say this Love and Death. Now that now that I've seen, yeah, more about uh, the last couple episodes has made it become Love and Death for me. But before, I would have said Candy. But I think Candy did some disservices to some of the characters and leaving out some key information. Uh that this one does hit um, that that changes kind of a little bit of how you feel about it all so i would say love it
0: okay yeah. all right good to know all right moving right along we've got another one that um i didn't hear about you you told me about this i didn't hear about it. it's on apple tv plus uh, it's called high desert uh peggy a former yeah. addict who decides to make a new start after the death of her beloved mother with whom she lived in the small desert town of Yucca valley california Makes a life changing decision to become a private investigator. All right, uh, I like the cast. Patricia Arquette um, is the lead as Peggy. Uh, Rupert Friend, Brad Garrett, Christine Taylor. Um, I think that's about Matt Dillon. Um,
1: yeah, it, it's so I I didn't get to finish the the premiere yet. I got most of the way through it. Uh, something family came up, so I had to go do things. Uh, but. Uh, I, I am gonna finish it for sure. It, it's interesting. It's pretty interesting actually. And no, I did. I'm sorry. I did finish the pilot. I think you finish the second episode. Okay. Um. But but, uh, it, it is out there, man. And I'm I'm digging it. At first, there were some parts where it's like, oh, is it gonna be this? I don't know if I care about that. Yeah. And then and then and, and then you're like, oh no, they're going they're going a whole new direction with this. <laughs> and so uh, it is it is batty is all I gotta say, but in a good way. Okay. And uh, yeah, and and um, uh, Chris uh Ben Stiller's wife, Christina
0: Christine Taylor. Christine Taylor
1: uh, is is good in this and uh, there's gonna be a lot of people that are that are really good in this. Matt Matt Dylan is nail in his parts. And uh, uh, she decides to become I'll just say something happens where she has to dramatically change her lifestyle, which is uh, why she's in this dark place where she is. Uh, she's she's done with drugs um, but she's got to still take methadone to get over it um, and she's just a grifter man she's always been a grifter her whole life and she's like yeah she she sees her friend get grifted uh, by uh, or finds out that she was grifted by Brad Garrett uh, who's, a, who's a lawyer who like takes a lot of money from her up front and really doesn't do much for her And uh, or a PI I'm sorry not a lawyer a PI and uh, she's like huh <laughs> and she shows up at Brad Garrett's place and she's just kinda like, You're hiring me and here's why. he's like, Oh <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> like he he's a he's a failing PI who's just selling a whole bunch of stuff he finds and confiscates off people on eBay <laughs> just to get by. <laughs> like so she's like, No, 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 I can help you up your game a lot, but I, I'm not gonna get a PI license. <laughs> So you'll be the PI. I'll do the work, and you'll get to share some of the money with me. <laughs> and he's like, "Jesus, I guess." <laughs> and so that's what the show's going to be. And so far, so good. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I want—I need to see more before I can put a stamp on it. Yeah, uh, Yay or nay, because it just—it was just very much the beginnings of everything. So yeah, I think the next episode or two will tell me, like, if I'm going to continue watching or not.
2: Okay. Uh,
1: but so so far, so good. All right, fair enough. This is the year of Apple, my friends. This is the dude. Year they season. are.
0: I tell you what. While <laughs> HBO, chilling. while HBO is cutting stuff, Apple keeps adding things.
1: But I mean, they're all hits. We're talking about them all today,
0: man. Oh, We're that's what I'm saying. Ted yeah, last. Apple keeps adding stuff, and HBO keeps cutting yeah. stuff out of their catalog. So, um, speaking of Apple, let's move right along to Ted Lasso. So this is let's the second to last episode. Yeah. Oh uh, no, this yep. is no. We have two more left.
1: No, no. Tonight is tonight is the penultimate episode.
0: The penultimate, yeah. So we have two more. One tonight and one next week. That is correct. All right.
1: That is correct. So it airs, it'll pop up at 7 p.m.
0: tonight. All right. This one is called International Break. Uh, while some of the players head home to play for their countries in international matches, Edwin Akufo brings a business proposal to Rebecca. Uh, for those who don't remember, Edwin Akufo was played by Sam Richardson. Speaking of people losing weight, Sam Richardson looked really good in this one.
1: Yeah, and and fun fact because i didn't know this do you know why sam richardson took this part
0: why because
1: the character of sam (laughs) is supposed to be sam richardson
0: oh really sam (laughs) obasana is based off (laughs) sam richardson that makes sense because he is delightful completely
1: yeah completely and and sam richardson knows you know sudeikis and uh and and some of these guys and he's like so like i've been watching sam and they're like, yes. Yes, that's you. <laughs> <laughs> and so they wrote him in last season where he comes in, you know, as the jerk. Yeah. And last season or season one, I forget. Yeah, and, uh, and then back again now. But, yeah, that's they're like, well, then if you're going to be in the show, you're going to be totally different than you.
2: <laughs>
1: and they are going to make you just a total jerk. <laughs> and he's like, I'm in. <laughs> and so that's why they did it so sorry Continue. no no, no yeah. that's great
0: you should know that. yeah so he's back he's trying to put together this super premier league which i think is a thing that's happening in real life where basically the top 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 level teams all get together and it costs yeah. an exorbitant amount to go see or to watch any of this stuff and also
1: known as the sec
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but uh let's face it they uh so they're putting them together. And, of course, you get Rupert Mannion, who is Rebecca's ex-husband. He's saying, hey, here's a uh, here's an invitation. You know, he, he basically strings her along to keep power. And they get there, and she says, this is ridiculous. This is, how dare you do this? Just let people watch and enjoy football. And then her and Rupert have, like, a fun little moment of reminiscing in the day. And he takes it as she's flirting, even though he's married with a kid with his uh with his young wife
1: uh, I, yes but i think it was both i think she she tells the, she tells them like how dare you do this and like try to take football away from the everyman like this isn't a billionaire sport yeah. this is for the people and how you dare it and she taps into rupert's actual you know tiny bit of humanity that's still in there yeah where she's like i i, I took this team and almost tried to destroy it just so it would hurt you because you care, so don't say you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and she tells the story of him sneaking in as a kid and all that kind of stuff, and and that's why he sides with her. But then, yeah, and then afterwards he's like, "Oh, uh, I've got a little. Th- oh, this is something. <laughs> I'm gonna take advantage." She's flirting and, and tries to kiss her, and then she's like, "Oh, oh no, oh, no, 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 no." Yeah. <laughs> and then like walks away and it's just like, and she and shows. Shows that she's finally grown as a character. Like to me, that was the conclusion of, of, of her. Yeah. Like we can we can give her a love story, and she can see that guy at the end. You know, from the boat, that's fine. But like the conclusion of her story and wrapping it up is like she just she took this club out of hatred, and and she even puts that painting from the from the pilot episode back up on the wall at the beginning. You know, she's like, I'm over this. Like, yeah. Remember, she takes that. She's like take the Picasso or whatever. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care, you know. And uh, and now she puts it back out. She's like, no, I can have these things. This is me. I I I deserve this. Yeah. And she doesn't miss him at all anymore. And she even gets him offering himself back, and still says no. So yeah, I think this was the perfect ending to her story. Mm -hmm. And the rest can just be
2: gravy next episode.
0: Agreed. And I we kind of talked about this before we started recording, but. It seems like they didn't really know what to do with any of the women this season because Rebecca's – because remember, Rebecca still has that, and you may have forgotten because we only get glimpses of everyone. She went to that um, that psychic early on because her mom told her to. and Like, oh, okay, that seemed like it kind of came out of left field. And it seemed like there was something going on there, but I, it kind of seemed like it just fizzled out. I don't know if it really ended up happening with it. And then – It will.
1: It, it'll, 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 it'll close out.
0: Uh, maybe, but yeah, it, it didn't really seem they knew what to do with Rebecca this season, and it very much didn't seem like they knew what to do with, with Keeley. Like, so she opens up her own um, firm, which okay, I like her own PR firm. That's a logical progression for her, and then she ends up having a relationship with her VC, um, who ends up pulling funding, which sounds like an HR nightmare for Ke- like that Keely could have taken advantage because like that seems wildly inappropriate, but. It it, yes. it it didn't really like none of that made sense. So now the the PR firm is going to go under, and she talks to Rebecca and, and she goes, "Oh, it's too much. I need this much money." She goes, "Oh, I walk around with that my kind of money. That's fine. I can pay for it." I'm like, all right. And I kind of said to you, "Well, it seems like they could have done that from the beginning." And you pointed out, "No, she wanted to do it on her own." And the fact that, and she in the beginning she even didn't really seem to take it as seriously. Like she hired that train wreck of a friend. And all these things. And now that it's that's actually become thing. real, she's okay yeah. with taking the money.
1: And, and that's where the the awful assistant uh, comes into play. Is like this awful assistant, despite all, you know, her, her it was her CFO. Despite despite all, the like, No, no, no.
0: The, the CFO wasn't the awful person. Her friend was the awful person. The CFO was actually no, turned no, out this, to be pretty sweet.
1: Well, she was also pretty awful to Keeley. Uh, yeah, <laughs> from at, the at beginning, first. Treating, but, treating, I mean, she's had a horrible things to her yeah uh even, even to the end like when he keely gives her this like amazing gift she's like no but i gotta buy it you can't get this yeah <laughs> give me give me a receipt by yeah. the way oh, yeah. i want cha- change <laughs> like, but but uh my, but my point is she teaches keely to take it seriously so uh, whereas her other friend who was her party girlfriend like she realizes oh like i've got to be a different person and change in my life and have you know some some I have to be an adult. It's time to be an adult and not be afraid of being an adult. And and so I, I liked that part of it, but I agree. I, I hated the VC part of it. Um, and I think they just wanted to do something with her. I think they wanted to show that the whole happening thing <laughs> uh which is the famous uh leaks of celebrity leaks
0: well that part uh, i didn't have a and, problem like that made sense because it, it put it in perspective that these are real people you know, who have real yeah. friends and yeah no that one i got that but, part i got but
1: but but i think they wanted to show the relationship that she would have currently with somebody like that's why she leaves she didn't leave just uh, okay. the relationship the, the vc didn't leave because the relationship was over with keely she left because it was a pr nightmare
0: Oh, and you.
1: and and she cared more about her PR than Keely, and so whereas Roy, and then Roy and then it was interesting like they wanted to show the three different characters' reactions to Keely's fiasco, and the one girl just herself completely tried to make her speak about being publicly ashamed of what happened and all that stuff. All Roy cared about, unfortunately, at first was who was that video made for, and then Jamie Tarts the one who shows up and says. I am so sorry. This is all my fault. Yeah. And, and, and like, and then after having already chastised the people in the locker room for doing it at all and telling people, like, it's wrong to keep these for
2: any reason. Yeah.
1: And so, so you see that Jamie Tart's grown. You see that uh, Keely hugs him, but she's, she doesn't sleep with him. She's over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, and so, and Roy is beating himself up over the way he reacted to it. Uh, so. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I actually I disagree on the Hannah Wiggins part. Uh, I actually like what they've done with her this season. Uh, I like a lot of what they've done with her this season. Uh, the, the matchbook thing, correct, I agree with you, hasn't played out yet. But I think it's going somewhere because they purposely showed it again at the end of the episode uh, last week. Uh, so I think, I think it's coming back. There's going to be something. And I think it's going to be – Probably that she runs into the guy from the boat at Sam's restaurant.
0: Oh, I could see uh, that. Yeah,
1: which has the green matches. I think that's going to be what it is. Uh, but um, yeah, so so like I, yeah, I like it, everything so far that's going on there. Um, but but Keeley's has felt just dis- it felt forced. It felt like like we want to tell this story with her and this story with her. Let's just cram it into two to three episodes. And I didn't love it. I didn't love Keeley's, and and it was really just like what do we do with her in the meantime until we're able to show her and Roy can get back together?
0: Yeah. And I, you know, and
1: yeah, so that was That was clunky. Yeah. But, uh, Um, otherwise I've liked
0: it. Yeah, we, um, we saw that Nathan quit, uh, West ham and yeah, is very incredibly depressed, but his girlfriend is still there. And that's kind of the hap. The thing is, is I kind of like, because he's like the West ham wasn't making him happy. he, he, Like, obviously he he wasn't happy with himself and now that he's found he's he kind of found a little bit of happiness with himself and found to be okay with himself, then has the relationship with the girl and that's kind of his happiness and he just wants to be with his people. He sees the old stuff with his you know, with lasso and beard and he's like, Oh my god, that's that I messed up, that's what I wanted. And so we'll see. I think he ends up back with them. Um but I do enjoy Nathan's storyline. This this season, I thought it's been really good, so I'm intrigued to see where it goes with that. Um, and then Danny Rojas. I, I actually. Go ahead. Right. Go I ahead. Just wanted,
1: before you move on, yeah, yeah. I just want to say, I I think Nathan is either going to end up the coach taking Ted Lasso's place.
0: Yep, that's what I think. Or
1: or, or being happy taking an assistant coach and letting Roy coach. Okay. Or being oh, an assistant oh, coach and I like Roy that. take over. I
0: like that. Too. One of the two
1: where he's like, I don't have to be the coach. Like, yeah. I'm happy where. Doing, drawing up the plays, doing what I want to do. And so, yeah, I think that's what he's going to go. But I do want to go into uh, the uh, lean, lean, mean uh, soccer machine and uh, angry Rojas. Oh my God. I love <laughs> that.
0: Yeah. Him that and Van Damme. Phenomenal. No, we are no enemies. You are, yeah, you are dead to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That was
1: amazing. And then and immediately after,
0: after they're friends match. again.
1: <laughs> well, and, and, but Van Damme's like, like still nervous of him. Yeah. Like,
2: still
0: scared of him.
1: That's the part that was great. And, like, he offers him the tic tac on the plane, and he like knocks him down. <laughs> it was a whole no. He
0: offers him <laughs> chips, and he crumbles the entire bag of chips and just throws them. Oh him yeah, out. yeah, yeah. That's
1: what it was. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I loved. I mean, and Rojas like smashed in his nose. Yeah. Uh, with the ball, like intentionally, You know, like, dang, like wow. <laughs> so that was that was intense to see that. But like, yeah, like you said it's over and it's like okay we're, we're friends again yeah <laughs> like, wow okay all right uh but yeah i i, I liked a lot of uh, that stuff um i i did love finally seeing because we have talked about the whole series is about fathers you know and that's been the running theme mm-hmm. <clears throat> from sam's father finally coming and getting to meet him from ted lasso's father from him being a father <laughs> nate's father uh which has been great. Jamie Tartt's father uh, was a big part. And, uh, and uh, Nate's father was like, you see that, cause he has been a hard ass through the whole time. And, and like everything Nate does, it's like, but you're just the water boy or, but you're just the, you know? Yeah. And so it shows why he pushed himself to take the Weston job and become the guy. And he's like, and it was a nice touch showing that like he did the same with him. Was was it like saxophone or something? <laughs> what were you playing? Or a the
0: violin, violin or yeah. So, so yeah, and he's phenomenal. Like, Turns out he's phenomenal at the violin.
1: Yeah, and his dad, he's like, he's like, why? The reason he doesn't play violin anymore is because his dad just kept pushing him and forcing it on him. And he's like, I just wanted to be. I just enjoyed it. That's why I played it. Like you couldn't just let me enjoy it. And he and I like the part where he's like, well, you were always a wonder kid. You were always brilliant at yeah. everything, and that's why it pushed you. But uh, so yeah, so seeing that kind of closure for him and his father was a was a good way to end that. Yeah, and, uh,
0: agreed. We'll see where he grows from here. So yeah, yeah. and I love that Roy and uh, and Jamie are now best friends.
1: <laughs> that was an amazing scene. Yeah, an amazing scene. <laughs> of course, they're that best was friends. the best damn scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With him and, and, and how uh, how well he thought of him. And then following it up with the scene of him wearing the tie-dye shirt to work. That yes. just, I like, I did a spit take on my couch <laughs> laughing hysterically at that one. And just all the people looking at him but not having the balls to say
2: anything about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was excellent. Yeah, Ted Lasso, Interesting to see how it wraps up. We've got two more episodes, one more tonight. Uh, one show that did wrap up, and I have more questions than when I started. Uh, is the Big Door Prize, which I've, yeah. I this has become one of my like, – I'm very intrigued. There's a lot of characters that are – I don't like – I'm like, I hate this person. I really don't like this character. And But I, it's so good. I, I mentioned Josh Cigar. Josh Cigar is always dynamite as Giorgio. He's the best. Yeah. <laughs> He's, He's so good. Best. Between this and the other two, like I cannot get enough of him. He's so funny. But,
1: and even She-Hulk.
0: His yeah, and She-Hulk, yeah, Pug, he's in that a little bit, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, basically, so we have Deerfest. It's the big festival at the end of the year. There's some people that Part are... Two. Do it Part two, yeah. And yeah, there's people that are kind of... Some of their storylines are kind of wrapping up. Trina and Jacob is kind <laughs> of interesting. She's like, we're not going to be together ever. He's being a little bit ridiculous, like, that he thinks he is. But that's high school love, as you think you will be. Yeah. Um, She's been a little bit harsh, but she's kind of been through a lot. So yeah. I kind of figured that's where that's coming from. Um, Giorgio and... Um, uh,
1: well, she sees her mom, I think. Oh, it's like that's a
0: good call. Yeah,
1: Yeah, her mom's not necessarily happy with where she ended up because, I hate to say it, but she kind of settled. Yeah. Because you, you love the character, but you get the feeling that they they both kind of settled, even though you like both of the characters a lot um and she doesn't want to settle like her mom necessarily so she's just telling the dude up front like this won't be my whole life (laughs) yeah you know you know that's uh, fair that's a good point aspirations yeah but that doesn't mean this has to be a bad thing that we're together yeah so yeah so yeah i like i like that part of the story
0: yeah i like that i liked when bo uh (laughs) who no one remembers uh he grabs his, grabs his chainsaw thing. and cuts out Izzy from the the maze. Um, and which it's, yeah, we see them, like everyone's going through the storm. Everything cuts out around the time that the uh, the Morpho loses power. and Oh, good call. I didn't realize
1: that was... Yeah, you're right. Yeah, the,
0: the Morpho loses power. And, Is it uh, reboots? Well... I, yeah, I don't know, because the the wings open up, which I think are the door, and it comes back on, but what's interesting is, you see that, um, so Mr. Johnson, the guy that runs the store, has got the the blue dots on his neck. <laughs> uh-huh. We also remember yeah. that Chris O'Dowd's character, uh, Dusty, mentions how he's got them on his butt. And then we see um, Hannah, the bartender, come up, and her and Father Reuben are kind of having this thing, She's he's like you showed up like after the Morpho. So he's like, how would you remember? How did you know that I got, you know, this certain card and she gets real.
1: No, 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 it wasn't that card. She, he talks about uh, when he was in the other town, the father, I mean, I'm sorry, the father, the priest uh, was in the other town with his dad. Yeah. That's right. He, he got a physical, card, not a Morpho card. He got an actual card that was about, he was asking like God for a sign. Of what to do and he got a card saying like to be a priest yeah uh and uh and and that was that's the card he was talking about
0: oh and yeah that's like, right yeah
1: and he's like you didn't know me then that was in a different town like, yeah how did you know about that card i never told you that story and you're like oh so she knows
0: she knows something you know, well and then you see somehow. when they're all staying around the morpho, um, She runs in at the last second, and I forgot what the last line was, but you see, she's got the blue dots all over her back.
1: Yeah, and she came from, and she says something about, she came from the last town that the Morpho was
0: in. Yeah, and she she travels real light, you see, like, she's got basically nothing in her, you know, fallout shelter, yeah, a room, and so there's something, she's trying to figure that, that out, so she's going from town to town, and... That's where it ends. I'm like, oh, my God. That's the worst cliffhanger. I, I really hope this gets picked up for another season because I need to know. It is.
1: It, it got a season two. Oh, fantastic. It, it was already announced. Excellent. And, and, and I'm wondering, um, did they ever say how uh, Bo's son died? Exactly how he died? What happened?
0: I don't They It's an accident, right? Yeah. I think it was a car crash.
1: I don't remember. Me, too. And I think she, she killed him. Oh, you think? I think the, the bartender killed him.
0: Okay. Why? Yeah. How? Why? Because
1: I there there was some kind of like maybe allusion to it or something where she starts like just leaving the town. She packs up. Remember, she starts leaving the town, mm-hmm. and she's hauling butt out of town. And then like that deer stops her, and then she like almost gets in a wreck, and she turns around and like it says Deerfield, you know, back to Deerfield. Yeah. Like it turns around, and I don't know, but that almost car wreck made me go like, oh. Like, what trauma caused her to move to Deerfield? And I thought maybe it was something to do with, like, the town where, you know, she, the kid's from that she killed. I don't know. I don't know. Something made me think, or maybe, you know, maybe that's what made her stop there was the actual wreck itself. I don't know. But something made me just, like, think, like, oh, she's almost been in a car wreck. We never found out how Bo died, or Bo's son died. Yeah. I th- other than a wreck. Like, hmm. I don't know That is something about it made me think that There's a there's going to be a correlation there because we we know no one else did it because we pretty much know everyone else so far. If they threw that on any other character, it'd kind of be out of nowhere to show us that, you know, one of those Giorgio killed him. You know what I mean? Because we've been going through their each one of these characters problems in life and in their own individual episodes. And none of them was dealing with the fact that they murdered somebody, you know. So it's somebody we haven't seen yet. I I think it's going to be the
0: bartender. That's interesting. All right. Yeah, Yeah. we have a – there's so much – there's so many questions on this. But, yeah, I'm enjoying this show. Um, It's a fun ride. I don't care
1: that I don't have the answers yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The ratings are kind of all over the place. What would you give this? Oh, man. Uh,
1: I have to caveat just what this is so far yeah, because uh, I, I have no idea how it's going to end. Or
0: anything the ending, yeah, the explanation of the Morpho, is—is yeah. is, it all rests on that?
1: Yeah, it could be a huge whiff. Yeah, if, if it's a stu- if it's a stupid reason, yeah, yeah. it could be a huge whiff. So I don't know, and and there appears to be some form of supernatural element to it, and that the Morpho doesn't need anything other than you know to show you your destiny and these blue dots. What the heck are these blue dots? So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, but right now I would say like, it's hard to say, but like, I'd say like an 8.7,
0: 8.8. Yeah. Like
1: I really enjoy every individual episode so far. Yeah. It's great acting, great writing. It's, it, it dovetails into the next character so well every episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, because that's a, that's a thing in its own. You know what I mean? Uh, like how, how do you do the character just about this person, but have the storylines for everyone else still moving forward. Uh, they're, they just do such a great job of that. Like, it feels like a hard thing to write, and I'm, I'm loving it. So, yeah, like, I, I, I'd i say 8.7, 8.8, and if it ends with a great ending, it could be a 9.5. Yeah. <laughs> or, or if it's a bad one, it can pull it down to a 7.9. We'll yeah. But, but so far, the individual episodes, I'm thoroughly enjoying it and i can't wait for him yeah this is my go-to show like i'm the most excited i think i have been this this year so far about this show
0: i like it a lot this is one of, this is one of lauren's yeah lauren's like oh do we have a, when do we get a new big door prize He always asked when do we get a new big door prize and so yeah yeah but um yeah i think i'd give it like an 8.3 8.5 just because yeah it does all rest on when we get the finale so imdb 6.3, which is a 7.3 in the world. world, which makes sense because I could see this a lot of people watching a little bit this and be like, this is too weird and giving up. Um, Alright, I'm going to give you the Rotten Tomatoes, and you tell me which is uh, Critic and which is Audience.
1: 73
0: and oh. 91. Oh. <laughs> yeah, this is a tough one.
1: Oh my god, that's so hard because <laughs> I could see the audience hating that they don't have the answers, and I could see... The audience always way over approves of something more than the oh I'm gonna say ninety
0: critics.
1: It's against my gut, but I'm gonna say critics.
0: Critics is ninety-one. Yeah, you were right. Critics is ninety-one. Oh. Audience is seventy-three. Way to go. That's impressive. All
1: right, that was totally against my gut. Yeah. I, oh, okay. All right. All right. I'm happy with that.
0: I could see a lot of people... I could see a lot of the audience being like, this is kind of too weird, and bowing out. So I could see that being the case. But, um, yeah, I'm intrigued by the show. I I can't wait for season two, uh, which we may not get for three years with the writers and Teamster strike going on. But uh, everything rests on the reason for the morpho. Hopefully we get it in season two. I don't know if I can go two seasons without getting any more explanation. But um, fantastic show so far. A lot of these... There's just a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff is ending, unfortunately. But hopefully we will have a coming Attractions and News episode for you later this week. If you're into football, we should have some more of our divisional roundups as well. Uh, Until next time, catchphrase.
1: What are you returning